This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. There's no easing into games, and I think you have a good opportunity against a very good team. Um, so I know guys are energized, they're refreshed, and I, I know they're looking forward to tonight. Head coach Ryan Huska knows it's a challenge in front of the Calgary Flames. Not only do they enter their post-All-Star break going up against one of the top teams in the NHL, but they also enter Tuesday's game against the Boston Bruins without their de facto number one center for the last five seasons. Welcome into Sportsnet. Today's Logan Gordon along with you, live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios on a Calgary Flames game day. We are back. Flames and the Boston Bruins Tuesday night from Boston. First of a four-game road trip for the Calgary Flames. We'll get you set with everything you need to know on a game day. We'll hear more from head coach Ryan Huska coming up in a bit, as well as Noah Hannafin. We'll hear from the Bruins side of things with head coach Jim Montgomery and Trent Frederick. And we'll take a look at the opposition with Steve Conroy from the Boston Herald on a busy hour for you. We're, uh, of course, doing this in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. For our friends at Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Crack Foundation, Boeing Foundation Walls, they have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement. You visit dlbasementsystems.com. Yes, the post-Elias Lindholm era begins for the Calgary Flames, and it'll be a much different-looking group than the one that snapped a four-game losing streak with a 1-0 win against the Chicago Blackhawks at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome over a week ago. Talked about it a bit yesterday as the Flames got back on the practice ice, but can tell you, per Eric Francis, we'll see a couple of season debuts for the Calgary Flames, a couple of Flames debuts. As we head into uh, a goaltending match between the Flames and the Bruins, it'll see Jacob Markstrom start for Calgary. Jeremy Swayman starting for the Boston Bruins. Ryan Huska will deploy his lines and deep pairings as follows. The big line, of course, will be focused uh, with Huberto, Sharon Govich, and Kuzmenko. Kadri and the kids, Zary and Pospisil. Manjapani with Backlund and Coleman. And season debuts for Jacob Pelche and Kevin Rooney on the fourth line with Walker Dewar on the right side. Weger with Anderson, Hannafin with Tanev, Oliver Shillington with another Flames debut. Brayden Pahal, waiver claim from the Vegas Golden Knights a few days ago, will uh, slide into the third pairing with Oliver Shillington, which means that Jordan Osterley and Dennis Gilbert will sit as the healthy scratches tonight. Our Flames coverage starts at 4 o'clock this afternoon with Pat Steinberg. He's got your Flames warm-up. Get you set with everything you need to know ahead of tonight's game. And then Flames hockey back on your airways with Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson on the call right here on your home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. This is a very interesting start to the post-All-Star break for the Calgary Flames. As you heard from Ryan Huska, no easing into this schedule. Boston... New Jersey, Islanders, Rangers to kick things off. The Boston Bruins, one of the top teams in the National Hockey League, tied with Vancouver for the best record in the NHL. They have 71 points in 49 games this year. It's a 
39, 39, uh, 31-9-9 record uh, with a plus 45 goal differential. They are 7-1-2 and two in their last 10. If you expand that to their last 12 pre-All-Star break, they're coming in with an 8-1-3 and three record, and this is a Bruins team that we'll talk more about with Steve Conroy on the other side uh, who covers the team for the Boston Herald. But uh, I remember heading into this season with a lot of questions about how Boston was going to survive without Patrice Bergeron and without David Krejci. Uh, well, they've gotten along just fine and look like they're going to be poised for another long playoff run if they have their way in the East. Bad news for the Flames here. They'll have to reverse some season trends if they want to pick up two points Tuesday night against this tough Bruins team. The Flames have not been good this season, taking on Eastern Conference opponents. They come into Tuesday's game with a 7-9-3 and record versus the East, while the Bruins have feasted on Western Conference opposition. They're a 12-2-5 team against the Western teams that they've faced so far in 49 games. So the Flames will have to find a way uh, against a very good Bruins team, and how they'll go about their business will be of uh, interest to a lot of people tonight. It's a different-looking Flames squad than the one that snuck by Chicago one nothing uh, at the Scotiabank Saddledome almost 10 days ago. Obviously, Elias Lindholm is out. We'll see what Yegor Sharangovich can do as the first-line center. He'll have Andre Kuzmenko on his right, Jonathan Huberto on his left. We get the ball of energy that is Jacob Pelche making his season debut after a good year last year. There was so much hype for Jacob heading into the season. He suffered that shoulder injury in the preseason, but has worked his way back, played a couple games with the Calgary Wranglers, and now ready to return. And veteran center Kevin Rooney gets a chance. A lot of people probably you know, were writing Kevin Rooney off after, let's be honest, a disastrous first year in Calgary after signing a two-year contract in the offseason last year. Uh, just 17 games uh, for Kevin Rooney before he was sent down to the Calgary Wranglers, where he played out the rest of the season with playing 51 total games for the Wranglers last season. He uh, suffered an injury in the preseason as well. He's coming back, and now with uh, some faces like Adam Ruzicka, uh no longer with the organization, and obviously some depth down the middle being tested, uh, veteran center Kevin Rooney gets an opportunity to see if he can provide a spark on the fourth line and maybe stick around with the Flames longer than he did last season. He'll be on that fourth line with Walker Dewar and Jacob Pelche, and maybe the energy from Jacob Pelche will get Walker Dewar going. He's been one of those players that has rotated in on that fourth line looking to find an identity. Perhaps it's Rooney and Pelche who have worked back from separate injuries at the same time uh, that can provide that for Ryan Huska as they make their season debuts tonight. Of course, on the back end, everyone's going to be looking at big number 94, Braden Pahal, 24 years old, a waiver claim from the Vegas Golden Knights, makes his Flames debut immediately after being claimed. That's an interesting move that he's, you know, just one practice in the books and suddenly placed on that third pairing with Oliver Shillington, who has just two NHL games to his name this season. Um, Flames will obviously need defensive depth as the names of Hannafin and Tanev still circle around the NHL's trade mil, uh, rumor mill. But I did think it was interesting that the head coach felt confident enough in Pahal to put him immediately in over Osterley and Gilbert. And 
Maybe it's a one-game thing, as we've seen through most of the season. That sixth defenseman has sort of been a rotating spot for Calgary. So would it surprise me over the the next four road games that we see here from the Calgary Flames out east that we see a bit of a rotation? No, but I think it's something to watch for that Braden Bahal comes in immediately and finds himself uh, starting in his first game with the Calgary Flames over two guys that have been here all season. Again, maybe that's nothing. Maybe it's nothing to uh, read into, but certainly interested to see how the big uh, native of Estevan, Saskatchewan, uh, fills in on a team that uh, could use some defensive depth perhaps going forward. So that means that Cole Schwint likely to be the healthy scratch from the fourth line along with Dennis Gilbert and Jordan Osterley. Again, Markstrom versus Swayman is your goaltending matchup tonight. Let's get you uh, the latest from the Flames locker room, starting with head coach Ryan Huska. You heard him on the intro. No easing into a tough four-game road trip for the Calgary Flames. Let's hear from the head coach on a game day as the Flames get set to take on the Boston Bruins. There's no easing into games, and I think you have a good opportunity against a very good team. Um, so I know guys are energized, they're refreshed, and I, I know they're looking forward to tonight. Is there going to be an element of sort of figuring some things out throughout this game, um, you know, just in terms of some new faces and maybe just, uh, you know, where guys fit best? Yeah, I think there'll be a, there'll be a little bit of that. Um, one thing for sure, you know, you lose a guy on your penalty kill and someone's got to go with Michael now. So that's one area where we're going to have some adjustments and same on the power play. Um, so those guys are going to have to get to know each other fairly quickly uh, and in short order. So there will be a little bit of that, but um, my hope is that they're going to spend some time together. They did yesterday. They will again this morning and then before the game to make sure they're all set with how they want to do things tonight. Who do you foresee filling in that spot on the PK? Uh, we're we're going to use a few different guys. So there's, you know, Rooney's an option for us. Pelch is an option for us. There's there's multiple guys now that we can, we can bump up there. Right. There's a lot of new faces in the, in the lineup. How are you planning on maintaining the possibility of, of growing things of like a Rooney and Peltier getting back in the game action for the first time in a while? Michelle on the team now and, and Kuzi, uh, Kuzmenko on the first line, obviously playing his Flames debut. Like, how do you maintain all these new guys just trying to get readjusted to everything? It's expectations that they will be ready to play. So they've had um, school yesterday, I will say. So they have their opportunity now today to do their preparation throughout the afternoon and make sure they're ready to play. That's expectation, and that's the NHL. So um, we need that from them, and then I think you'll see um, a, a nice level of energy from our team tonight because of those guys coming into the lineup. You spoke yesterday about expectations, uh, players playing part of the team concept. Yeah. But with that new top line, I don't think it's uh, – what signs are you seeing or what knowledge do you have to believe that that team can be responsible defensively or they have to prove that to you? They have to prove that. Yeah, yeah that's that's something where, you know, we're, we're trusting Sharon a little bit and it's it's fairly heavy lifting for him for sure because he's played this year, most of the year on the, on the wall for us. But we know he's played in the middle before. Um, and he's the guy we wanted to give the first opportunity to. So it's it's up to them to make sure that they do a good job both ends of the ice. Yes, we need them to generate, but almost more importantly is they have to make sure they're sound at the other side of the puck and be prepared to defend well. And, and the rationale behind trying Sharon Govich in the middle as opposed to bumping up Kadri or Coleman, is that based on the fact that you like what those other two lines are already giving you? Yeah, right now. And having Pospisil back, I think, puts the Kadri line back together again. Um, so when you're coming off of a, a layoff like we did have, I think having guys that you're familiar with and you can step right in with, I think was important and one of the big factors in our decision. 
Is there a possibility one day that a younger player like Connor Zary could find himself at center considering what the depth is looking like? Yeah, for sure. And we've talked to all those guys. Like, we want them to be ready for anything. You know, the challenge is for us putting them in situations that they're ready for. And that's something that will be on the coaches. I know it's still very early, but Oliver Shillington having played two games now. What were maybe your impressions from that second game compared to the first, and where do you think he's at now? First one I liked. Um, second game I thought he looked a little bit rusty. Um, so I think it was, it's funny to say it, but a good timing for him as well because he, he went through a lot to get himself to the point that he's ready to play, and being able to catch his breath and get refocused I think will do him wonders. So um, every game we play, he's going to get more and more, and we're going to we're going to build him up because we need him. We need him to play some more minutes, and we need him to play the way we know he's capable of playing. With all these new faces and all the changes over the last little bit, are we about to find out a little bit more about the character of this team? Absolutely. I mean, that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. We've talked about it all year long. We don't have a game breaker per se. And when we play our best, we give ourselves a chance to win. But that's when it's done as a team, when everybody's on the same page and they're committed to working and competing hard. So without a doubt. There you go. Checking in with Flames head coach Ryan Huska on a game day. We bring you the latest uh, Flames audio as soon as possible. Every edition of Sportsnet today. One more Flame to check in with on a game day. It's Noah Hannafin, the Flames defenseman. Obviously hearing his name in the rumor mill, but this is always a special night for Noah going back to his hometown of Boston for the one trip that the Flames make a year. Let's hear from the Flames defenseman as he gets set to take on the Bruins. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, I think anytime you uh, you get this little break, it's just a good mental reset, and um, you know, it's, it, the season can be a grind at times. And I think just to come home, and for me, I was I was here in Boston to spend some time with family and friends, and it was great just to, to reset a little bit and uh, feel refreshed now. Nice uh, the way that it works out sometimes, eh, schedule wise, and just mm-hmm. being able to stick around and uh, and then be ready for the first one back. Um, you know, what about that? And uh, and making a return to Boston, which is always sweet. Yeah, it just uh, it worked out. I, I caught that on the schedule early in the year when I saw um, you know we started off in uh, Boston after the after the break, so it was good. You know, it was nice to see uh, family and friends this week and get a little bit of extra time with them, and then uh, they get to come out for the game tonight. Uh, what about um, you know when you do get a chance to be here in TD Garden and uh, you know we see kind of the atmosphere that comes along with it, but uh, just you know the extra special part of it for you that uh, always accompanies this game yeah it's it's always fun I think anytime you get to to just play in front of you know family and friends it's special and um, you know everybody's got busy lives and uh, you know you don't see them uh, too much sometimes so it's nice that they can all come and uh, catch a game and uh, hopefully we put on a good show from tonight see you needed a little bit of the uh, beanpot rivalry last night at BU and BC I mean what did uh, what did you make of that result and just even sort of the rivalry that comes with yeah I'm a I'm a BC guy so I was uh, unfortunate loss last night but it was a good game and both those teams are awesome this year and you know, I know BC uh, got them twice, uh, I think, like a week or so ago. So I think BU is due a bit. But um, now Beanpot, it's always special for any kid, especially from Boston growing up here. It's always something, uh, you know, we, we watched as a kid, and it was so fun playing in that when I was at BC. So tough loss, but it's yeah. all right. Uh, one last one for you, and that's just about uh, kind of the focal point now of this group. And you look ahead and, and an opportunity to really start to kind of build here. 50 games in now, and, um, you know, obviously you, you know what the goal is in mind, but uh, what about the pusher? Yeah, it's uh, it's huge. You just gotta get off to a good start. You know, a little road trip. I think it's good for us to spend some time together out of the break. And um, you know, here playing in uh, in Boston, they're one of the better teams in the league. So we have a big challenge on our hands tonight. And I think if uh, you know we come out here, play the right way, get two points tonight, it just sets us up for a good road trip and a uh, good second half. Flames defenseman Noah Hannafin speaking to the media earlier on Tuesday as the Flames get set to kick off a four-game road trip against the Boston Bruins. Let's check in on the Bruins locker room. Uh, their first game out from the All-Star break as well. They sit atop the NHL standings, tied with the Vancouver Canucks. We'll start 
with head coach of the Boston Bruins, Jim Montgomery. He's got some lineup news uh, for his team ahead of tonight's matchup with the Flames. Uh, he had a uh, follow-up doctor's appointment today, just part of his steps, right, in his uh, progression. So he's not. Yeah, he's not, a, not an option tonight. The Brusque and Forbert are players tonight. And uh, Swayman and Nets. How, how do you view, I mean, obviously the injury is the injury on Patra, but do you view these, this back half, if you will, as a, as a reset for him? As a, what, what is it given where his first 49 game? Yeah, I, I think uh, it's just part of his progression to keep growing. Right, that's the way we view it. Um, we believe he's a huge part of what we're going to do, and his um, competitiveness and his hockey sense are, are just two traits that jump out at you, and that's what makes him such a exciting hockey player for us. So when he is able to get him in on a fourth line and build him up in fourth line, yeah, hopefully not fourth line. Right, I don't, you know using him more in situations where it's more offensively going to be able to help us like he was early on. Is that that 40-game deadline? You know, I know that's not your pocket, really, but uh, are you still debating that, whether you will keep him here? No, I don't think that has even come up. Uh, I, I know you've had some injuries on the back of the forehead and, and you missed Carlo a little bit, but the, the PK has been slipping for a while. Do you just see it as a personnel issue or, or with those guys out, or, or is there something structurally there that's... Yeah, I, I don't... I, I think it's been um, a little bit of execution, but more it's been um, just a number of penalties we take. We need to cut down on our penalties. Uh, I think the Ottawa is a perfect example killed off the first four, then you give up the last two, right? It's it just the same guys keep going out, and the other, the power play is going to adjust. You give them six opportunities, they're going to adjust. They're NHL players, um, and their NHL coaching staff's making adjustments. So uh, we need to cut down on our penalties, and, um, you know, having Carlo and Forbert back now starting, uh, you know, not – coming back from being rusty while everybody else is sharp, I think is going to put us in a real good. I'm not worried about our penalty kill at all. Stick to form here the rest of the way in the goaltenders every other game? Right now, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the plan. That's Bruins head coach Jim Montgomery checking in with the media ahead of Boston's matchup with the Calgary Flames on Tuesday where apparently the Boston reporters were in the middle of a hurricane and Jim Montgomery was safe inside an audio uh, quality building. That's um, that's pretty much how I interpreted that media scrum. Very much reminded me of a an out in the field weather reporter. Yeah, except Jim was fine. <laughs> Jim was in Jim studio. Jim was back was in fine. studio, fine. And and we'll go back out to a Category Five hurricane where the rest of the the Boston media is asking yeah. Jim Montgomery questions. Yeah. Here's Ollie with the weather. It's raining. Yeah, okay, we get it, Ollie. <laughs> Everyone's back. I just, that was such a drastic switch between the two. I have no idea. They're probably in the same room, but uh, who knows what was happening in Boston. Those poor reporters. Hopefully everyone's okay. Got to work on that miking situation in that room. Apparently. <laughs> uh, Mike's situation better for uh, Bruins forward Trent Frederick, uh, who also checked in from the Boston locker room Tuesday morning, uh, knows that there's going to be an excited group across the ice in Calgary with some new faces ready to take on the Bruins in their first game together. Here's uh, Bruins forward Trent Frederick on a game day. 
So how uh, rested and recharged do you feel uh, at this point after that break? Uh, it was good. It was a nice break. Uh, I was anxious to, or I was excited to get back and skating, which is a good thing. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for our like second half. Do you expect a little maybe sloppiness at the beginning of the game tonight just because guys haven't played in such a long time? Uh, I think so, yeah. I mean, it was nice that we got an extra practice in. We got two uh, as a group, so hopefully that helps. But I'm sure it'll be a, maybe not the prettiest hockey, but hopefully you know after the first period or so we'll settle in. Maybe the, the, the one area that might have been slipping a little bit has been the penalty kill. Um, where do you see the, the, um, just the shortcomings there in the past few weeks? Um, I don't know. I think Sachs does a good job. I think we've kind of always been a good penalty kill group. I think that's just maybe towards the, you know, penalty killing is a lot of hard working and maybe uh, a little fatigue towards the end there with, uh, you know, playing the 49 games. And maybe that's it. I don't, I don't really know uh, exactly what it is, but sometimes it just, it's kind of like the power play. It gets hot, we get cold, and you know, penalty kill is a little cold, but I don't really have that much worry in that because we've always been kind of good at that. And, like I said, sex is a good job. thought it was is basically a product of just taking too many penalties and giving well, too yeah. many chances. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like, I think, was it two games ago against uh, Ottawa? Yeah. We had, like, five or six. So, I mean, they're going to get one or two. And just killing that much, those guys are getting tired. And they're eventually going to find a weakness in it. So. Trent, do you take the break to sort of self-evaluate your season, uh, or do you just sort of put hockey on the back burner and, and kind of get away? Uh, yeah, I just put hockey uh, in the back burner, trying to think about it, talk about it, and then I obviously I watched the All-Star uh, um, skills comp in the game, so that kind of got me back into it and thinking. Um, it was pretty fun to watch, but no, I, I honestly just didn't talk about it, put it away. Uh, it was good. Is there anything you've sort of, uh, you know, set for yourself in terms of goals uh, in the last 33 games? Um, no, not really. Uh, I mean, I have some goals in my head that, like, um, not necessarily numbers, but stuff I want to do. And um, so, no, I don't have exact like uh, number or answer for you there. Sorry. Trent, I know from my perspective, these last eight weeks, you blink once is the trade deadline. You blink again, it's the playoffs. Yeah. Do you remember from last year what what these last two months feel in terms of pace and anticipation, all of that? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it starts ramping up. I feel like we kind of are past, like, the, if you want to call it, like, the dog days of the season now. It's kind of a full push where, like, maybe the last month or so was maybe a little bit more, uh, you know, guys are, are, like, kind of maybe a little banged up or, or whatever it is, getting a little tired. So it's kind of a restart. It's almost like uh, I think the, the play will be faster and it'll be more competitive this second, last third, three games. What are you expecting from the Flames set? Uh, we did a little pre-scout. Uh, they're a good team. Uh, they lost, I guess, to Lindholm, so I'm sure all those guys are going to be getting, uh, you know, guys are going to get more minutes and more opportunities, so I'm sure they'll be uh, coming out hard. Is, is there a way you would explain to the younger guys that haven't been through it before just how the intensity kind of ramps up these last couple of months? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know if I've explained it to anyone. Uh, you know, um, I don't know if I'm the guy for that, but I've only <laughs> You're turned into that guy. You're I've only, there. you know, done it a couple times. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I kind of know in my head how it how it works. I guess maybe I should talk a little bit more about it, but we kind of just kind of go about our business. So, I think everyone's kind of just getting back in the flow of things right now. How would you explain it though, if you were to talk to like one of the younger guys about it? Uh, so it gets harder. Um, you know, guys start making they start making pushes, even teams that aren't. Um, necessarily in it or fighting for jobs. I mean, it's just that time of the year where, um, 
I guess everyone's kind of getting evaluated for what, what, what's next year if you're not on a winning team and what, what's uh, the future if you are. So. There, from the Bruins locker room, Trent Frederick. Uh, of course, the Bruins uh, feeling pretty good about themselves at the uh, post-All-Star break mark. Uh, 71 points tied for the best record in the NHL with the Vancouver Canucks again. 4 o'clock, Flames uh, warm-up with Pat Steinberg. He'll get you set for tonight's game. 5 o'clock puck drop with Derek Wills. And Megan Mickelson, the NHL schedule, back in full swing Tuesday night. Had two games on the Monday schedule. Uh, eight games, of course, including the Flames and the Bruins tonight. Uh, if you can't listen to the game here on Sportsnet 960, Sportsnet West will have it for you. Uh, I've also got the Stars and the Sabres. Elias Lindholm will make his Vancouver Canucks debut tonight in a familiar place. They're in Carolina getting set to take on the Hurricanes. So full circle moment for Elias Lindholm. Flyers, Panthers, Jets, Penguins in what they're expecting to be Sean Monahan's uh, Winnipeg debut in Pittsburgh. Canadiens, Capitals, Avalanche, Devils, and closing things off tonight, the Edmonton Oilers looking to keep their historic run going. They've got a tough task. They're in Vegas to take on the Golden Knights at an 8 o'clock puck drop across the Sportsnet television network. Hey, the iconic Coors Light chill train is headed to Las Vegas for the big game. And it just made a stop in Calgary, leaving behind a trail of epic prizes. On February 6th and 7th, from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m., look for its frozen tracks at Stephen Avenue's Walk for a chance to win instant prizes that deliver big game day chill or the ultimate grand prize, a trip to next year's big game event. No purchase necessary. Must be 21 plus for the grand prize. Full contest details available at coorslight.ca slash the chill train. When we come back, We'll take a look at the opposition. The uh, Boston Bruins have been surging and look to continue their uh, good play into the second half of the All-Star break. What does trade deadline hold for a team that doesn't have a lot of assets to trade away but wants to make another Stanley Cup push? We'll ask our pal Steve Conroy. Let's look at the opposition is next as Sportsnet Today continues here on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. It is the Calgary Flames game day. First game back post-All-Star break, and they're taking on the Boston Bruins. Tied for the best record in the NHL with the Vancouver Canucks. And it's time for a look at the opposition tonight for the Calgary Flames. The 31-9-9 Boston Bruins. And to help us take a look at the season so far for Boston and what's to come for Jim Montgomery's group, very happy to go down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline. Welcome in Steve Conroy from the Boston Herald. Steve, thanks as always for the time. How are you? I'm doing very well, Logan. Thanks for having me. No, appreciate it, sir. Uh, look, pretty good feeling for the Boston Bruins heading into uh, their all-star break, tied with Vancouver, as I mentioned, atop the NHL standings. Uh, just a, a bit of a synopsis maybe for our listeners uh, who don't see Boston as often. What kind of year it's been for this team up till now? Well, I mean, it's been a pretty surprising year for them when you consider that they everybody knows they lost their their top two centermen and Patrice Bergeron, who'll you know be going into the Hall of Fame, and David Krejci, who may may just miss the cut on that. And they also lost their fourth line center, who was very you know effective for them uh, last year in Thomas Nosek. They lost Taylor Hall. Um, they lost a couple of other uh, role players, and Nick Foligno. And, and, um, and the, the guys that they got at the trade deadline. And, you know, they, they still had David Pasternak. They still had Brad Marsh, and they still had uh, uh, Charlie McAvoy in, a, in an excellent goaltending tandem. 
Um, so you, you'd expect them to, you know, be in the mix for maybe a wild card spot or, or maybe a, a two or three spot in the, in the competitive Atlantic division, but nobody saw them as, you know, you know, being, a, you know, fighting for the, the president's trophy. Who gets the most credit in your mind stepping up in the, the shoes that were left behind by a Bergeron and a Krejci in your mind? Uh, you know, as far as the centermen, uh, Charlie Coyle has had a, you know, is having probably his best uh, best season as an NHL player, considering the, you know, the upgraded responsibilities that, that he's had. Um, but, you know, there was a time where David Pasternak really carried this team offensively. You know, Martian has really come on as of late um, offensively. And, you know, it all goes back to the goaltending tandem of Jeremy Swayman and Linus Allmark. They've really been maybe not quite as, as you know, airtight as they were last year. Certainly Allmark's numbers are down a little bit from last year when he won the Vezina. But, you know, it, it, it starts with the goaltending. How important, uh, before we get to the, those goaltenders, has a guy like Charlie McAvoy been for this team? Well, he had a rough, uh, a rough patch. Um, he was suspended four games with a, for a high hit on um, Oliver Ekman Larson yeah. uh, early in the season. And then he came back, and he seemed a little bit skittish about you know, playing his game, which you know, is a, you know, you know, it, it has an element of physicality to it, um, you could say. Um, and his his play really suffered from it. You know, he was minus 13 for about you know a month stretch there, which is you know not what you want from your number one defenseman. But ever since they came back from the break, uh, the Christmas break, I should say, um, you know he's been terrific. He's been I think he's plus 14 in in um, in that stretch, uh, and he's, he's putting the puck in the net as well, shooting the puck a little bit more. Um, he's been very good for them in the the last stretch where they've. They've uh, gone back up to the top of the league. Uh, what do you see from Jim Montgomery that's made him so successful in his tenure as this team's head coach, Steve? Yeah, you know, he's, he's not going to win the Jack Adams this year because they won it last year, and, and you know how that works. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, he's going to be judged, you know, what he does in the playoffs here. Um, but he's done, he's done a fantastic job. You know, he, even he admitted that, you know, last year at times he could have fallen asleep behind the bench and he still would have been the all-star coach. <laughs> it's been a much different story this year. Uh, you know, he's, he's had to change his lines almost constantly. And he's, he's inclined to do that anyway, even when things are going well. But this has been more out of necessity. Uh, and it looks like now he's, he's kind of landed on a, a couple of uh, pairings with his, with his, uh, his forward lines with uh, uh, Charlie Coyle playing with Brad Marchand. And, and David Fass and I playing with Pavel Zaka. And, and the, 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 the wings have, have changed a little bit. You know, right now, uh, Jake DeBrusque is with uh, Marcian and Coyle, and uh, James Van Reemsdyk is, is on the Pasternak line. Uh, but he's had to change a whole lot of, you know, change a whole lot, you know, from game to game. It's, he's really pushed all the right buttons. Uh, I'd love to ask you about James Van Reemsdyk and the season that he's having because. I think that was one of the under-the-radar signings that the Bruins made to fill in some of those roles that we talked about earlier from guys that left during the offseason. And surprisingly, you know, 32 points on the season for James Van Riemsdijk's nothing to laugh at. I mean, continues at that pace, Steve. He's going to have one of his best seasons since he was in Toronto. Yeah, 
I mean, not bad for a million bucks, right? No, no, not you at know, all. It, 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 and the funny thing is, you know, he has the, the lowest shooting percentage of his career right now. He's at like 7.9% or something. Yeah, he's had a ton of chances in front of the net where, you know, obviously, which is his office, um, and he just hasn't been able to bury them. If he can get that, that shooting percentage up a little bit more, he's going to he's gonna wind up with a heck of a season. Is Don Sweeney sort of getting that reputation in Boston as, you know, being a guy that can find some of those undervalued maybe forwards out there, or even defensemen to come in and fill those roles since he doesn't have a lot of cap space and sometimes doesn't have a lot of draft picks to operate when it comes to trading for guys? Yeah, absolutely. If he didn't have it before this year, he certainly should have it now. Uh, but they, they, he's always done a really good job at, at finding like bottom six guys that you know may, maybe you know they haven't quite blossomed yet, and you know they're they're ready to to, uh, to you know be their true selves at, at the NHL level. Well, one guy right now is he kind of fell into the to their laps a little bit because he was one of those those guys who, who wasn't qualified last season but is Morgan Geeky. He really helped to uh, solidify that third line. Um, he even played first line for a little bit uh, with, uh, uh, with David Pasternak. And, and, you know, he played well there, and it gave him a boost for, for a short time. But I think he's really found a, a good niche on the third line with Trent Frederick, who is another guy who's really kind of having a career year right now, at least a career year to this point. Uh, I did want to touch on the goaltending. You mentioned how good Swayman and Allmark have been again this season. It's it, it seems to me, Steve, such a unique situation between these two guys. We know the the on ice love that they clearly share for each other. They're obviously two guys that are very close. But I mean, both of these guys could be definitive number one starters for a lot of teams around the league, and here they are. I, I heard Jim this morning speaking to to the media on a game day saying. You know, we'll just kind of take it game by game with these guys. If we rotate one game here, one game there, it doesn't seem to be an issue. It just seems to be uh, a really perfect pairing for the Bruins with with Allmark and Swayman. Yeah, as they say, it's a good problem to have, but it's, when the playoffs roll around, it's still kind of a problem to figure out. You sure. Yeah. They've said that they that 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 they won't. Uh, you know they. That they probably won't deviate from the rotation, but I've got to I've got to see that happen before I believe it. <laughs> uh, it can only work to me if there's no discernible gap between the two of them, and then you just roll them roll them out. But if there becomes a gap, right now there's a little bit of a gap between the way Swayman is performing and the way Almark is performing. Not not that big of a one where I go away from the rotation, but yeah, it's something to keep an eye on. Not to get too far ahead of ourselves but I know we do this as as you know sports observers I'm sure fans in Boston look at that RFA status sitting beside Jeremy Swayman's name for next season and begin to wonder what could it be next year is this uh, a situation in your mind where the Bruins are going to do everything they can to keep Swayman around oh I, I think so uh you know unless he's looking for maybe like a Bob Rossi contract or something like that sure they might have to, you know, go go elsewhere. But uh, you, know, you know, they drafted him. They've developed him, and he's certainly a guy that they want to keep in their, you know, in their fold. It, it could take a little while because I don't think Jeremy is going to, you know, take anything less than what he's worth. We saw that last summer when he, you know, went to arbitration. 
Um, so it, it, it's, it, it could be a battle, but we'll see. We'll see. It's, uh, you know, it, a lot could depend on, on what kind of run they have in the playoffs. 100%. Yeah. Uh, Steve Conroy is along with us for a look at the opposition tonight for the Calgary Flames. It's the uh, league-leading Boston Bruins, their uh, lone meeting in Boston this season. Uh, I'm curious how the the rest of the month or so goes for this team, Steve, in the sense that, uh, of course, anytime you get this close to trade deadline and you're in a playoff position, uh, fans and observers start to dream about trade deadline acquisitions and how a GM can improve or reward his team for a good start to the season. But uh, you know as well as anybody, the Bruins are in a bit of a an interesting predicament because of all the success that they've had. That usually means not a lot of draft picks to move around and not a lot of depth in the system maybe that other teams are looking for. How does Don Sweeney sort of approach the next month if he wants to improve his team? Yeah, that's an interesting question. We've, we've obviously been trying to figure that out ourselves here in Boston. I mean, the good news is I think the, the biggest need that they have is something that may not cost them a lot. I think they need a, you know, a, a tough physical defenseman on the back end, not one who's going to you know, light it up, but some, somebody who can clear the, cle- the, the crease physically. Uh, you know, maybe you can, you can get a Jacob Middleton or, or you know, maybe a Joel Edmondson or even a, uh, uh, Eric Branson. You know, that, that would be more of a commitment sure. because he's got a couple more years left on his deal at $4 million. Uh, but, you know, I, I – Personally, I think that's the biggest thing. You know, we went into the season believing that they had to get another, you know, top six centerman, but they've, you know, both both Coyle and, and Zaka have have held their own in their in those slots, and you know, maybe they don't need to go that route. It would be a, a much much less expensive endeavor if they just need to go get, you know, a top physical defenseman. Uh, it seemed like a lot of talk around Boston heading into tonight's game. Steve was. Uh about the penalty kill and how this group can get better. And I wondered for a second there if you might have said maybe they go out and get a, a defensive forward to sort of help the penalty kill. But it sure feels like hearing from a guy like Trent Frederick today, the message from Jim Montgomery isn't about getting someone in to fill the role. It's just about the team taking less penalties. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that, that's been a problem. I think that they're third overall in minors taken. And a lot of them are are not good miners. They're they're stick fouls, which says they're they're they can be you know a little behind the the play at times. Um, so if they do clean that up, uh, you know, it would it would be a good thing because they can't you know put teams on the power play six times a game like they did in Ottawa. Um, they another thing with the, with the PK, they've missed uh, Derek Forbert for most of the season. He think he's played twenty four games, twenty five games or so. Um, but he hasn't hadn't been right for a long time because of a groin injury that he's just had since training camp, um, and he he was on LTIR for uh, almost two months, and he's come back now, and you know it's going to take a while for him to to get back in the groove. But if if he can get back right, then that will go a long way towards helping out the, the penalty kill. Uh, Brad Marchand is on the cusp of a couple of great uh, career achievements. Uh, game 997 tonight. Uh, he's also four goals away from becoming the fifth player in franchise history with 400 goals or more. How has he adapted to being the leader of this team, Steve? Because I think a lot of people will remember Brad Marchand of five, six years ago even and said, 
There's no way that guy would ever be the captain of the Boston Bruins, yet here he is, and they're having a great season. He's got the C on his chest. Yeah, he's matured a lot over the past five years or so. And I go back to that, you know, that licking incident against Tampa Bay <laughs> in what, uh, the 2018, I forget it, what, what year it was. But, yeah. um, you know, the former coach, uh, Bruce Cassidy, brought him to, brought him, uh, you know, invited him over for a cookout or whatever in the offseason. And his message to, to Brad was, what do you want your legacy to be? And he really kind of took that to heart. And, you know, he'll still, he still, you know, plays on the edge a little bit. There's no question, but he's cut down on some of those kind of antics that, you know, that would, you know, probably besmirch his name a little bit. Um, and he's, he's a guy that, you know, he respects the guys who came before him, like Patrice Bergeron and Dano Chara and Ray Bork, who have won the C. And he took this responsibility very seriously. And he's, he admitted a couple of days ago that he probably overthought it a little bit. And he's just kind of finding his voice right now as a captain. It's funny. Uh, uh, Jim Montgomery said the other day that Patrice Bergeron had this incredible uh, uh, quality of being able to hold guys accountable while being empathetic to all his teammates. He had, he had this magnetic personality like that. And he said, not everybody has that, but, uh, you know, Brad has figured out a way to, to, you know, to keep his teammates accountable. Uh, Steve, always appreciate the time. Great insight, uh, sir. Appreciate you taking some time for us up here in Calgary. Enjoy the game tonight. I'm sure we'll chat in a couple weeks uh, as the Bruins make their lone trip to Calgary. All right, Lord, we'll see you later. Take care, Steve. Steve Conroy joining us. From the Boston Herald, he covers the Bruins. He's our guest uh, for a look at the opposition, the 31-9-9 Boston Bruins taking on the Calgary Flames. First game back post-All-Star break for both teams uh, and the Boston Bruins. I was one of those guys earlier this season uh, when you're doing team previews and you're getting set for the season. I just I didn't see Charlie Coyle and, and Pavel Zaka being the tandem in Boston to, to get past Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci and all these great centers that they've had in Boston and Charlie Coyle, 42 points in 49 games. Zach has got 30 in, in, you know, 45 games, but both of them doing a good job centering a star player on their, on their wing. Coyle gets to play with Marchand on a day-to-day basis. Zach is helping feed David Pasternak, who, by the way, has 72 points in 49 games this season. So, yeah, the Bruins aren't maybe in the same position as they were a couple of years ago where I think you viewed them as top-tier Stanley Cup contenders um, because I just I don't know where they add. It's going to be tough for this team as you look at Cap Friendly uh, on this game day. No first, no second, no third this season. They don't have a second next year. They don't have a fourth next year. Um, and the pick that they have, their first rounder um, next year is um, right now is part of a conditional pick uh, in a previous trade. So they really don't have a lot of options. I know why people connected the Flames and Elias Lindholm to a team like Boston previously, but there was just no way to get that done. They just didn't have a package of four or five assets that they could put together, and they still don't. So Don Sweeney who, as I mentioned in that conversation with Steve, is going to have to do some digging with his pro scouting staff and find somebody 
that's not going to cost them a lot, but is going to come in and give them, you know, something that they're missing. I still, I mean, the James Van Riemsdyk one blows my mind. I, I thought James Van Riemsdyk, I don't know, one year, one million in Boston. Uh, the guy's on pace for a massive season, like 32 points in 45 games. Okay, it's not heart trophy numbers, but for a guy whose career high is 62 points in 82 games back in 2016, 2017 for the Toronto Maple Leafs when he was asked to be like a star player, if he gets anywhere near that for the Boston Bruins for the rest of the season, that could hands down be the best bargain free agent deal out of any team from last summer. And nobody's talking about it. And they're still one of the best teams in the NHL this year. Uh, very curious about the goaltending. That's going to be one uh, Bruins fans will have to sweat out. Allmark signed for this year and next year at $5 million. Jeremy Swayman makes 3.475 right now. And he's an ARB uh, eligible RFA after this season. He's 25 years old and has a pretty damn good resume uh, to throw out there. Can the Bruins afford to pay him right now? Can they push it down, you know, just a year down the road when Allmark's money comes off the books and they're able to pay Swayman long-term there? It clearly feels like he's the goalie of the future. He's going to start tonight for the Bruins against the Calgary Flames, but um, they're just they're cap-strapped. They've, they're paying Pasternak, they're paying Marchand, uh, and Swayman's got great numbers in 27 games this season. 2.29 goals against and a 9.24 save percentage. Did not have a good playoff showing last year. Just got into two games for the Bruins where he was a 3.34 and an 8.75. So like Steve mentioned there, maybe this is going to be one of those situations where they're going to determine a lot of value for their goaltenders um, come what happens in the playoffs if you're the Boston Bruins. So I uh, appreciate Steve joining us. That was a look at the opposition uh, Steve joined us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to help us preview the Flames and the Boston Bruins. Lots of new faces in the lineup for the Calgary Flames. If you're getting set to watch or listen to tonight's game, uh, again, per our pal Eric Francis, who's on the ground in Boston, we can tell you the lines and deep pairings will look like this. Uh, that top line now centered by Yegor Sharon Govich with Jonathan Huberto and Andre Kuzmenko. Kuzmenko makes his Flames debut wearing number 96. Zeri with Kadri and Pospisil. Great news that Martin Pospisil is back and healthy. He's ready to go. And why not reunite that line that's been so good for the Calgary Flames this year? Sticking with Manjapani, Backlund, and Coleman. And another new look for fourth line. Perhaps this is the line that will finally get uh, some consistency for Ryan Huska. Jacob Pelche, the ball of energy, is back. He makes his season debut alongside Kevin Rooney, who is also healthy and ready to go and makes his Flames season debut after just 17 games last year with the team before being sent down to the uh, Calgary Wranglers. Walker Dewar expected to be on their right side. Your deep pairing is going to look a little different as well. Weger and Anderson stays the same. Hannafin is with Tanev, but it's a new look third pairing. Oliver Shillington in his third game uh, of the season will be paired up with Braden Pahal, Bahal was a waiver pickup from the Vegas Golden Knights. Interesting to see that he's the one on that third pairing. Uh, so Osterley, Gilbert, and Schwint expected to be your healthy scratches 
for tonight's game. Goaltending matchup, no surprise. Jacob Markstrom gets the call for the Calgary Flames. Jeremy Swayman goes for the Boston Bruins. 4 o'clock, Pat Steinberg's got your Flames warm-up. You don't want to miss it. We're back with Flames hockey. Puck drop just after 5 o'clock with Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson live here on Sportsnet 960, your home of the Calgary Flames, part of eight games on this Tuesday NHL schedule. If you can't listen to the game tonight, Sportsnet West is going to have you covered. A ton of games tonight, Stars and Sabres go at 5. Uh, Elias Lindholm's uh, Vancouver debut happens in uh, Carolina where he was drafted. Uh, so keep your eyes on that at 5 o'clock as well. Flyers, Panthers, Jets, Penguins, Sean Monahan, the former Flame, makes his Winnipeg debut in Pittsburgh as they take on the uh, Penguins. It's the Canadiens and the Capitals at 5, 5.30, Avalanche Devils. And then at 8 o'clock, uh, there's some sort of winning streak that the Edmonton Oilers uh, are trying to extend. They've got the Vegas Golden Knights in Vegas at 8 o'clock. Uh, Sportsnet will switch to that one following the Flames and the Boston Bruins. Putting a wrap on the show today, we're going to turn things over to Flames Talk, get you set with everything you need to know ahead of today's game. Quick shout-out to my outstanding producers, Cam and Azam. Thanks to Steve Conroy for joining us. If you missed anything this hour, we heard from head coach Ryan Huska and Noah Hannafin on a game day, as well as checking in on the Bruins side of things with uh, coach Jim Montgomery and Trent Frederick ahead of this matchup with the Calgary Flames. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite pod catcher. We'll be back tomorrow to break it all down. Enjoy the Flames and the Bruins. This has been another edition of Sportsnet Today here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.